Welcome to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. This is the show for the soul who is excited to welcome in more freedom, abundance, and quantum healing in their life. Hi, I'm Vaughn. My magic is in treating all aspects of this human existence, mind, body, and spirit, because it is all connected. In this podcast, I will be sharing stories of transformation so you can know, witness, and understand what's possible for you too when we play together in the cosmos. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. I have got Barbara Alexander with us today on the podcast, and she is a repeat guest, and I think she will be repetitive again and again and again because she is a such an amazing astrologer. And the more I work with you, Barbara, the more I understand things, the more I I just like things just click. And I, it's just these astrological understandings are so important. And so I'm excited to have you on today so that we can really discuss kind of like quarterly, what is happening astrologically for us going into this first quarter of the year. And then mm-hmm. what I imagine is I'll have you back, you know, quarterly, and mm-hmm. we can talk about these big things because astrology is incredibly important. It's been incredibly supportive to me for those that are just tuning in and maybe new or whatever. Barbara was, I had her on when, what I think, was it like Jan last February, I think, Barbara. Yeah, early early last year. Yeah, it was early last year, and I was going through it. And girlfriend over here was like, you know, I had you on just for an astrology, you know, to like educate, talk about astrology. And then you had my chart, and you're like, oh my gosh, Vaughn, like, did you know you're going through your Chiron returns? And I'm like, what is that? And then the minute that you started talking about it, like the emotion that it evoked within me of truth. You know, I was like, I'm not going crazy. I'm not losing my mind. Like it was so, it was such a profound moment for me to understand what was happening to me and, you know, for me and all that stuff. So I just think this conversation and these conversations very important. So Hi, Barbara. Thank you for coming back. Hi, Vaughn. I'm so happy to be back and and happy to share what I know with with your listeners. It's and it's and you know it's really not just Chiron because my my experience has been with clients. They'll come to me and they'll they'll say something. Well, that's you know I really need to to meet with you. And then I look at their chart and I go, uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. It's I, I can see it. I can see it, and that happened with with two women this week. It was just incredible, and the clarity that comes. The I'll say hope because that's that yes. was my experience when 100%. I had my first reading. Hope it was just like okay, I'm not going crazy, and I'm not going to be stuck in this feeling of of hopelessness, and and I can't get out of it. And, and so even like the woman that I spoke to this week, lovely woman, she's going to be going through two major, major cycles in her life that are going to last about a year to 16 months. And the way that we came together and that we talked about how to work with it, she felt like a gift was given to her. And, and I feel like 
my role has evolved. I feel like I'm giving people the gift of sort of knowing what's coming and knowing how to work with it and knowing how to embrace it and understand that it's all purpose. 100%. That way it's, you understand and you don't feel like you're just losing it or getting the hell beat out of it. You know, it's like, Oh, astrologically, like this is in this, this house is in this sign, you know, or this sign, whatever, um, to like show me and teach me and to guide me into this next level version of myself. It is just, I just actually finished up a one-on-one and it was so amazing. And then I ended the conversation with, I was like, are you connected to an astrologer? Like, do you know what's up with your chart? I was like, because I feel like there's some deep stuff that you are going through in your chart that if you understood what you were going through, it wouldn't make you feel so alone and so helpless. And like, I just don't understand why this is happening to me. Why can't I get over this? Or, you know, it's like no amount of mindset work can talk you through this when it's, astrologically happening for you, you know, like, and so it's almost, it's a permission slip to sink deeper into whatever you are going through. I know that's for me personally, that's exactly what you teaching me about my Chiron did for me. It gave me permission for me to sink deeper into my own wounding and, and, you know, what, what is my, biggest challenge right now that I'm working through. And so it just kind of opened up the portal of me working with the stars rather than against the stars. Or trying to guess either. Yes. Yeah. We can cut, we can cut right to the chase with what's going on and then sort of prescribe a way to, to work with it, you know, some healing, healing modality, meditation, whatever it is, mindset work can be part of it. So it's once you know what it is, then you know how to treat it in a, in a, in a, um, in a natural way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know, I I don't know a lot about it, but even working with your Saturn returns, right? Like Mm -hmm. I think that Mm -hmm. happens later in your twenties, early thirties, somewhere in there. And dear God, like that was, for me personally, that was a horrifically challenging time. And I think for most people, you know, your twenties, it really is as you're trying to figure out, you know, but all of a sudden, if you realize, oh, I'm going through my Saturn returns. Okay. (laughs) That's why I'm going, I'm being challenged so hard right now, you know? So I just Mm -hmm. understanding Mm -hmm. this is so important. Um, I'm about eight months away from my second Saturn return. Oh, really? So, so, yeah. So there's two. So that happens twice. Like it happens t- every t- 30 years. So you may have three if you, if you live to oh, 90. Okay. <laughs> <God bless. laughs> and so what exactly does that mean? So it's, it's Saturn is, it, and it depends on the age. So the 30, the tw- usually t- between 27 and 30 is your passage into adulthood. Mm-hmm. So it's, so, so I, I look back and let me just explain when I was going through my studies with. Uh, astrology and going through my certification process, I had to go back in time and look at different milestones in my life and explain what was going on during these cycles. So my Saturn return, I actually got married. So it's like a major life event that casts you into adulthood and whether you're ready for it or not. So everybody experiences these life cycle changes very differently, depending on how I say evolved they are or how ready, ready they are. 
So it's, it all depends on mine was in my fifth house of romance and children. So that was, so that's when my, yeah, right. So that was really, really natural. Some people who may have it in another area of their chart may go through a little bit of a difficult time. Um, but my second Saturn return, it's later in the Saturn in Pisces transit. Cause it's, it's at the end of its cycle. So I've already been anticipating it's the fifth house, which is romance and children. Okay. So I will experience probably a major life change with my children. Maybe yeah. one gets married or has children, <laughs> who knows? Um, it's also maybe a second romantic thing for me, yeah. but it's, it's also for, for us at the age of 57, 58, it's now we've learned some certain life lessons and now we can now go and teach the younger generation. So that's really, it's yeah. like you've evolved and you've gained this wisdom. So I'm ready for it. I'm really ready for whatever happens. And I've already been doing that work anyway with, with my clients. And even when I'm out and about, just, I talk about astrology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know anything about it. And I do too. <laughs> I'm like, so, you, so yeah. go meet my friend, Barbara. <laughs> so yeah. So it's, it's sort of Saturn is the teacher Saturn, the, the hardest, oh, okay. the hardest. So, so what I usually tell people is depending on other things in the chart, usually what a Saturn transit in your chart is usually the most challenging area of your life at the given time. Yeah. So the fifth house for me is children where my, my kids, there's a lot going on, but it's good because yeah. I know how to, how to navigate it. It's also creativity and self-expression. So I've been really working hard on that and having fun. It's fun and pleasure. So my Chiron, which I know we're going to talk about is, is there. So it's, that's been a really difficult part of my life because of the Chiron placement and now Saturn, my natal Saturn is in there. So I'm getting a lot of activity in that yeah. area of life, but I, I knew it going in. So it's like, okay, so how do I really work with it to make sure that I'm learning what I need to learn and evolving in the areas that I need to evolve so that I come out of it, not feeling beaten, but feeling energized and uh, revived to some extent right. at the age of 57, 58. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exciting though, right? Cause you know, mm -hmm. it's coming, you can prepare for it and, and you are. And I also think it's really important too, for, for loved ones, you know, like for, like for me with my children, my children are, you know, still in their teens, but understanding like when their Saturn return begins and when it ends and just knowing and being able to support them and saying, well, look, you're going through this astrologically, this really challenging time. So mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be difficult because you're learning who you are as an adult. Like this is a passageway into your adulthood. Mm -hmm. I remember one of my sisters, she was like really going through it too. And, and I was just like, you're going through your Saturn returns, like get this information, understand when it started, when it's ending. And, um, and just really um, be with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's such, just can't stress it enough how beautifully supportive it really is to understand what is happening in your chart. Absolutely. Yeah. And then knowing when certain points in your chart are being activated. And let me, let me kind of flip the switch on it too, because there's also blessed, like real true abundance and blessings that you can also anticipate. I want to give a really quick example that I got feedback from a client the other day where I said, you're coming into this very prosperous period. I, I looked at her chart and I said, 
this is happening and this is happening. And what are you doing right now? And she explained what she was doing. And I said, keep doing it. Be confident. You know, don't back down. And she left me a message on Saturday. She told me how much money she made. She said, I'm shaking. She said, I'm shaking by the amount of money that I've made this month that I've never imagined. And I went back to her and I said, listen, I'm not going to take the credit as an astrologer because you're a talented woman and you've been doing the work and you're out there. I said, tell me, tell me what it is. You know what she said to me? She goes, you let me know it was coming. So I, I was in receipt of it. I was ready to receive it. And I did not self-sabotage myself. Ah, boom. Right. That's it right there, girl. That, that is it. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Yeah, That's so, so supportive and exciting. And yeah. So on all aspects, the positive and the negative, either way, it's supportive. Exactly. Yeah. The blessed, the, well, and even the negative is blessings in disguise. So, so it's yeah. all, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Like even there's been times where, um, my health, you know, like certain things have been in my health and, and because I knew that I was being challenged and what, what house is your health in? Like, which six, six. Okay. So like whenever something was highlighting in my sixth house that was just saying, okay, Vaughn, mm-hmm. you need to get this under control. It's been very motivating for me to be like, okay, I really need to check my health and make sure that I'm taking care of myself. And I think I might be in that highlight right now. <laughs> no, this, you're, you have your, your sixth house is Sagittarius. What I would be, I would definitely pay attention to Sagittarius season for you. Mm-hmm. And you have Neptune in there. And we'll talk about Neptune when I talk about my Chiron later. But when the sun and the Neptune hit, hit each other, the sun is transiting. So it's not going to be a long energy. It's usually the reverse. If your sun is in the sixth house and Neptune sitting on it, you can feel depleted, you can feel tired, you can feel dazed and you can feel confused. So that's sort of what you need to watch out for when you're in Sagittarius season with the sun and maybe other planets activating your um, your your Neptune because that's a, that's a sensitive spot to have your... Um, well, your- so Sagittarius, so did we, is that what we just wrapped up? We wrapped up Sagittarius season was, uh, late November, December. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. November 21st to, to December. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, 2023 was the whole thing was a, a whole vibe. So <laughs> it, it, like, it, might, it, uh, it was like the never ending year. <laughs> I know. I know. And we had retrogrades going. We had almost every planet was in retrograde going backwards. I mean, the whole, the fall was a very challenging time period. Yes. And then what happened was at the end, by the end of December, beginning of January, all of the planets started going direct. I, you know, I pay attention to this, so I know. And then as soon as I think it was the last planet that went direct was um, Uranus. It felt like th- this this heavy weight came off, like that was lifted, because it's in a very sensitive area in my chart. It's the seventh house of relationships, close relationships, um, business relationships, clients. So we had a few planets going backward there. It was a little challenging, but then as soon as things started moving forward, all of us really felt it. I mean, it's, it was like unless, you know, we had right, other things going yeah. on, but generally speaking, and that's another thing Vaughn. it's, it's, we could say generally speaking, but if something's hitting our chart specifically, it may, it may feel very different. I know you were sick 
for um for a few weeks. Yeah. I listened to your podcast. So we tend to experience things possibly different yeah. when uh when the collective might be feeling it a different right. way. Right. Um well while we're talking about retrogrades, because I know that there's several coming up. Um, so can you just give us a little refresher on exactly what is a retrograde and what happens in that, and then go ahead and lead into what is coming up in the retrograde fields. Okay. So retrogrades are technically when the planets are moving backwards. So typically they're moving, you know, forward in their orbiting, but they're, um, moving backward. Let's just to simplify it. It's usually a period to slow down. And, and I always say it's, so let's just use the, the Mercury retrograde. That's the most common that people think about. There's certain stereotypes that people associate with Mercury, Mercury retrograde, like you know communication mishaps and technology and, and all that. So you take Mercury, yeah, because it, it's a planet of communication. It does involve technology, but you need to be careful, it, but it's more like a reflective period and a review period. So don't go into a retrograde, whether it's Mercury or Mars. We have a Mars retrograde at the end of the year. Um, whether it's a, a Mercury retrograde, a Mars retrograde, a Jupiter, whatever it is, don't go into it with this fear of, oh my gosh, like things are going to fall apart or things are going to slow down. It's that That's your permission slip to slow down. That's your permission slip to review and reflect and revise. So when I work with clients, I'm very specific where the retrograde is. So if it's uh, Jupiter in your 10th house of career, don't go out introducing new things, right? Don't go out launching new products or programs. Take inventory of what you're currently doing, what's working, what's not working, tweak, revise. And then when the retrograde is over, you know, then go out there and do something different. So there, there really isn't a one prescription <laughs> or one call, but overall, I would say it just look at it as a period of slowing down and reflecting and revising. And then you can get to that next level of, okay, what planet, what does it represent? Where is it in my chart? And you could do a little bit of a, a more granular plan. Yeah. Like a personal activation on that and be, just be exactly. like, okay, that that's where this is and how it's going to impact me. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I'm telling, I'm talking to clients now because the Mars only retrogrades every two years. Mm-hmm. And um, so especially for people where it's going to hit their, their money houses in their charts. So it's going to go backwards. So expect things to slow down if they're in their business for themselves, they're going to want to, you know, plan ahead and, you know, maybe stock up a little bit earlier and then use that time to maybe budget or refine their financials. So that's, that's something that I would, I would suggest. Okay. Okay. So what, um, I know you mentioned that we have several retrogrades coming up in this quarter, like coming up soon, right? The the first one really is Mercury and that's during an eclipse. So we can talk about that when, when we, when we review the eclipses. So, but other than that, everybody's, everybody's moving forward. Okay. All right. (laughs) Everybody's moving forward. So it's really, so, so maybe I could just launch into the energy right now, which is really, it's feeling, it's feeling really good. (laughs) It's feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling it anyway. I'm I'm feeling Um, good. (laughs) I'm feeling good. So, so 
everybody probably, well, maybe not, I'm just assuming everybody knows about Pluto, right? That was the big news, right? The big news, the big headlines, if you follow anything astrology is Pluto changed signs officially, well, yes and no, officially changed signs in, in January and moved from Capricorn to Aquarius. And yeah. so this is the beginning of a 20 year, very transformative period on the collective level. So because if, how long, how long was, um, Aquarius? I mean, in Capricorn, it was in Capricorn for 15 years. So, okay. Since 2008. So when I talk to individuals about, it, I say, look at the last 15 years of your life and look, where have you, ex well, we've all experienced some transformation yeah. in some respects, but if I show them in their chart where Pluto was transforming them in their life, they can say, yeah. So for me, it was my third house of communication, mindset, local neighborhood, siblings. So from 2008 until now, my entire environment changed. I moved from the big house on the big property to a townhome in a very different neighborhood. My relationship with my sister evolved. Um, surely my communications change, the way that I'm showing up in the world, the way that I'm thinking has changed. So that's like a point of reference. So you think about um, your area, you were in your relationships. So mm. from 2008 until now, you were going through a very transformative process, profound transformation in your relationship life, which is close people in your life, could be in its business too. So business and clients. So think of where you were oh, yeah. in 2008 to now and major, major transformation. Completely different. Yeah. So that's the, so picture that now going into the Aquarius area of our lives. So for me, it's home and family. I'm already seeing glimmers of it. My, one son moved out. My ex is back in the state. He's living with him. I have one. It's it's already. I'm already seeing little glimmers of of change on a on a personal level. On a collective level, it's going to be huge. It's going to it's it's going to be huge. And now, I don't really, so when you say that, is it when the Pluto is in Mar or the Aquarius? The Pluto. Pluto Pluto is a planet that moved uh -huh. into the sign of Aquarius. So okay. it, sh it, sh it shifted from. Capricorn to Aquarius. Okay. And so, whereas with me, you said it was in my house of relationships, right? Right. So, so, okay. So, so my Capricorn is my third house. Your Capricorn is your seventh house of relationships. Okay. So your, your chart is, is laid out differently because you're a cancer rising and I'm a Scorpio rising. And so that's one thing I definitely want to say to people, you're going to follow a horoscope. Please follow your rising sign. If you know your rising sign, <laughs> that is so huge. I didn't even know about rising until just a couple of years ago. I didn't even know about the big three. You know, everybody's yeah. like the big three. I'm like, what is that? I, I had no idea. All I knew was I'm a cancer. And mm -hmm. I mean, really understanding your rising sign is so huge. It is huge. It is huge. And it's, it's almost like a side of you that you never really embraced. Like you sort of knew it. Cause I'm a Scorpio rising, but I'm a cancer sun. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have more Scorpio than I have cancer. And interestingly enough, a lot of people that have been coming to me recently have been women that have a lot of Scorpio in their charts. It's amazing. It's just, yeah. it's just really interesting, but um, so yeah, so, so, 
on a personal level, now it's going to, the, the deep, profound transformation will happen in a different area of your life based on how that maps to your birth chart. So for you, it's your eighth house, because now it's moved from the seventh house to the eighth house, right? So Capricorn's the seventh, Aquarius is the eighth. That is a money house. Yeah, That is a money house. It's different money. It's not, it's, it's not money you directly earn. It's, it's shared money. So with a spouse, it's um, investments, it's um, inheritances, it's uh, taxes or, you know, all things mm -hmm. coming, you know, from other places. Yeah. Um, it's also the house of transformation uh -huh. at a soul level. So you should expect to go through a death rebirth. A deeper, deeper death. Girl, rebirth. you gotta be freaking <laughs> kidding me. Come on. <laughs> but you're the you're the pro at it now. Look, you know, going through the going through the Cairo return. Come on. Oh you can, my you can God. handle it. I'm a Scorpio rising. Okay. I transformation is like nothing to me now. Right. So, exactly. So it's it's that's it's just it's it somebody that's just experiencing it for the first time, maybe brought down to their knees, but you I and mean, I are pros. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, obviously I joke because I live for this shit. I, Me too. I want to heal. I want to death and rebirth. Like, and, and I think that that's the, the point of having these conversations is to really initiate that healing is fun, that, that this really is fun because on the other side of all of this pain and work is freedom. Yes. I mean, it really is. And honestly, I feel like the deeper I get into my work, the deeper it gets, like the more profound it all gets because I'm going into those deeper depths of myself and of my soul and of what's available and astrologically, it's like the universe is like, Oh, she literally can handle it. So we can give her more. We can give her more, you know? And it's like, it's just, and it just keeps going deeper and deeper and getting better and better and juicier and juicier within my soul essence. So I, so, so when you were saying the Aquarius is in my eighth house, so that's going to be for like the next 20 years. Okay. It's going to dip back into Capricorn, September, October, November. It's going to do some unfinished business and then it's going to go back to Aquarius and then happy, happy way for the next 20 years. <laughs> awesome. I love that it goes back just to humble you for just a minute, just to be like, oh yeah, you, you get a little too comfortable. Let's just rip the rug out from underneath you again. And I mean, it's of course, exactly as it's supposed to be. I know. I kind of feel like what's going to happen. Will I move? Right. I, I feel like, will I move? Like if it dips back in for those, I don't know, but we'll, yeah, see. we'll see. I know. Yeah, No, it's, it's exciting. And the other thing I wanted to say too, was look at what we have available to us now to help us with our healing and our transformation that we didn't have available to us or wasn't easily accessible to us 10, 15, 20 years ago. Right. So now it's like, okay, let's try something else. Let's just, like, I was after your podcast, I was like, Tell me about that stuff. I think I right? want to see what that's I about, know. right? Yeah. So so it's it's embracing that. And that's another thing that that I think between you and I and, and some of the other women in our community that have healing gifts, it's let's just use them. Use yeah. them. You don't have to be by yourself. And 
sitting in a corner shouting affirmations or, or trying to, to change your mindset. There's so many other tools to be able to use. And we're doing some work now looking at your birth chart and saying, okay, if, if you're going to be um, experiencing a, a long Neptune transit, for example, these are the things that you can do from a healing perspective, these modalities that can help you navigate through that Neptunian energy. Because, and this is a whole, we could talk about, we can have a whole other episode on this, how astrology is tied to your chakras. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's so much information. I mean, it really, I, I, I know I've said this before. I love astrology, but my brain bandwidth cannot process all that astrology is. And I just have so much respect and reverence for you and for people that understand and teach astrology, because it really is, it is a lot, a lot of information. Yeah, it, it it is it is, and I'm I'm about to start a whole fourteen month advanced uh, wow. curriculum, which we'll talk about some other time. But um, but yeah, Yay so the Pluto, so I feel like now this is it's a good time to talk about Pluto and Aquarius because tomorrow is the new moon in Aquarius. Yeah. And so this is so really if, the, for those of you that are listening in real time. This is February. Oh. Eight, nine, eight, ten. So, yes, yeah, so, yeah. so it'll be on the ninth, right? Yeah, so it's okay. on the ninth. And um, so this is the first time that we're having uh, a new moon in the sign of Aquarius in 240 years. Wow. And I'd like to add it's coupled with Pluto. With I'm sorry, Lu with Pluto. With Pluto. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. With Pluto. Okay. With Aquarius, with Pluto in it. Right. And over 200 years. And then also, so that's Friday night is our new moon. And then on Saturday, the 10th is the lunar new year, yes. the year of the dragon. So I just really feel like with this new moon in Aquarius, the lunar, you know, new year, I just feel like this really is a turning of a page. It is, it is, it's, it, it is like the, a new, a fresh new beginning. And that's yeah. really what I've been talking to people about. Um, the other thing that's really fascinating <laughs> is that almost all of the planets are going to be in Aquarius all of next week. So we have Pluto's in there already. The sun is already in there. Mercury, which is the planet of communications is already in there. Mars is going in in the middle of the week, which is a planet of action. Venus is going in there by the end of the week, which is the planet of creativity and love and relationships. So it'll be, so it, we're really still active with this new moon energy. So we should all start to feel a bit of what Pluto and Aquarius might feel like for us next week. Yeah. Like not okay. the, 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 the major stuff, but like yeah. little dibs and dabs and where maybe our priorities are going to be or where we might get drawn and where we might get, get pulled more. So okay. that's, that's, so it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Cause this, it's kind of a unique thing too. It's, I've been explaining, this is the way I explain it to people. Pluto has been waiting at the, at the front door at Aquarius waiting for these other energies to come in. Right. So the sun comes in, shakes hands, Mercury comes in, shakes hands. We have an epiphany or an insight because Pluto can, can cause like, real depth of thinking or profound thinking or communications. 
Mars is coming in there. They're going to shake hands. Then Venus comes in. He's going to hug her because I think she's a girl and he's a guy, right? <laughs> They're going to hug. <laughs> and so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how all these energies interplay next week, right on the heels of this new moon. Wow. The other, the other um, interesting element to it is there's a connection with the planet of Uranus, which is in Taurus. Uranus represents sudden change. Um, I'll say the word disruption. It's usually something unexpected, but also represents freedom, authenticity, um, innovation. So what we might experience coming out of this new moon is wanting to break free and wanting to be more expressive of who we truly are, even if we feel different, even if we have gifts that maybe other people around us don't have, yeah. right? So, so that's really the, the energy that's going to support us. And it's more about moving with it and going with it and doing something different and allowing the universe and allowing the energies to really help us evolve to who we want to be again we have well Pluto isn't that close but the fact that he's he's not that close to where all these energies are but um or the, the sun and the moon rather but his his mere presence there and the initiation of it I've been really talking to people about if you saw my post today I posted today think big it's like big like dream big think big think about really what profound changes you want to make go deep go deep and it won't be overnight, you know, you'll start to see, but really plan for the long-term with this new moon. Mm. And expect the unexpected. So if things might feel disruptive or Uranus takes the wheel and creates something that really is uncomfortable and takes you down a path that's a little unfamiliar, that's the path you're really meant to go in. Wow, that feels really good. I, and And what you said about the, having the voice, you know, to say the things and, and, uh, and it's really about letting that energy carry you because that's how we're supposed to be doing is in our fullest expression and our fullest authentic expression. And so when we can allow those energies to just gently push us, maybe sometimes a little, not so gently, but, you know, push us and, and just, instead of being like fight again, like push back against it. Like, cause that's when we feel like we're losing it, you know, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going down fighting, you know, but if you can just be like, okay, fine, I will let you gently push me Pluto into whatever I need to be pushed into. And, and it's just all just an invitation, right? Exactly. And, and you experienced this cause I heard this on your, um, on your last podcast, I mean, sometimes we have to go into the depths of, um, I don't want to use the word despair, right. But just like really feeling like you're, you gotta, if you want to really, if you want to go there, you got to go there. You it, gotta, it, it could be painful. It could it be is. like sitting on the bathroom floor, like just screaming it out. And once it's released, it's like, Wow. And that happened, that did happen to me when I went on my mini retreat by myself in, in Florida and, and I, and I was alone and I allowed whatever needed to come up, come up. I allowed to, and I went back home. I really, I felt lighter. I felt like I had a whole fresh perspective yeah. on where I was going and what I was doing and, um, you know, the things that I was going to let go of yeah. even some of it was physical things, but some of it was also, 
um, my own self-sabotaging. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's the ultimate goal is to be able to truly let go of our own self, our own ego, you know, mm-hmm. that are the part of us that is just like got such a little hold on us from expanding into that expanded version of ourselves that we don't even know is there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I look at, I look at astrology and helping people understand this is like really getting back to who you are really right. getting back to the, the, the person that you were truly meant to be that we've sort of had layers and layers of things that conditioning and beliefs that were not ours to begin with. And you gave a beautiful example of when you said you, you know, when you were a girl and what you carried into your adult life, we all experience that. Absolutely. And that's why it's so important because as we're evolving, it's like, we have to be able to be prepared to to witness that, you know, but it's like, again, like I say over and over and over again, you will not release or receive anything that you're not ready for, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, I, I couldn't have gone there any prior to the year that I just experienced, you know, like with my Chiron returns of, of really looking at what my deepest wounds are and then allowing myself to at least know them and see them and feel them. And, and it's not like I'm going to totally release them because they're a part of me. Like that is like my deepest wounds. They will always be a part of me, but no longer am I going to let them control me. And that's the difference. And so I couldn't have received, you know, like uh, Barbara's referring to this last podcast that I did, um, about my ego death. Um, and so I couldn't have experienced that without understanding my Chiron returns and letting go of some of the, well, not letting go, but understanding some of those deeper, deeper wounds. And then it's like all the pieces that, that led up to me being really ready to let go of a huge part of myself that was really controlling me not in a, in a bad way, but just in a way that is no longer in alignment with who I'm becoming. Exactly. Exactly. So we can talk about Chiron now. It's a great segue to Chiron. Yes. Let's talk about Chiron. Oh gosh. Yeah. Chiron. I have so much respect for, I mean, I talk about Chiron all the time now because Mm -hmm. it really had such a huge impact on me. And so I really think it's important that, that we kind of scream it from the rooftops, how important this energy is, because it's very, very powerful. And if you can understand where your Chiron is and when it's being highlighted and when you're in those transitions, I mean, Mm -hmm. it, I'm telling you, Barbara, the minute that you explained that to me, it's like a weight was lifted off of me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so I'll let me give a I'll give a little background. Um, so Chiron is a Greek mythology character, and this is like astrology comes from Greek mythology. And um Chiron was half man and half animal. And he experienced three kinds of wounds in his lifetime. The first was abandoned, he was abandoned by his mother because he was um born um, as a result of a sexual assault. And so she discarded him. He was, and he was born a half, half man, half animal. And he was adopted by um, two other Greek 
mythology people. Um, and then he was in a community of centaurs, which they're very, they're warrior-like and they're very um, aggressive, but he was very compassionate. He grew up in this foster home at, in a healing family. So they were, he was learning healing, the healing arts and, and a lot of philosophical things. So he was a much more compassionate, much more soft spoken centaur when the other centaurs were more aggressive fighting and um, so they considered him an outcast. So here he's rejected. So he's got abandonment and he's got rejection. And then the third wound was a physical wound. It was like friendly fire. He was hit by um, an arrow that really should have killed him, but he was immortal. So in his carrying on in his life with all these wounds, it was his purpose to help heal other people. So that's where like the, the whole concept of Chiron comes from. It kind of helps to understand that, that, you know, this was this, this, this figure and um, this was his story and that became his purpose. And, um, and so each of us have what's called a Chiron uh, attribute in our chart. Right. And it is an, it's an asteroid. I hear asteroid, comet, mini planet, whatever. It's, it's a celestial body. And depending on where it is in your chart, much like your son, if your son is in cancer in your chart, you have Chiron somewhere in your chart. It has a certain characteristic and, and attributes. So when you and I spoke last year, your, we, I saw yours was in Aries and it's in your 10th house of career. And so Chiron in the sky right now is moving around in the sign of Aries. And I said, oh, well, did you know that you're going through your Chiron return, which means Chiron comes back to the place where it was at the time of your birth. And, and it takes Chiron about 50 years to go around the Zodiac. So people that were born between the ages of 1968 and 1977 are going through their Chiron return. So they were born with Chiron. So hear and that people. <laughs> They were born with Chiron and Aries. And, and now if they're feeling, we'll, we'll talk about the attributes in a minute. They're feeling some of these things they're going through. A lot of people call it a midlife crisis. There were different, other different things that happen um, other than Chiron during the midlife years, which maybe we'll do another episode on that. <laughs> this is a lot to talk about. Um, but that's, so that's the, that's the Aries part. Um, mine is in, mine is the period before. So the sign before Aries is Pisces. I was born in 66. So I was born towards the end of Chiron's transit in the sign of Pisces in my fifth house. So my wound has to do, it's Pisces meaning, um, because Pisces is a very di divine spiritual sign. My wound had to do with not trusting in the divine. Imagine that, which I, I've, I've, I've healed that for sure. Um, and in the fifth house, having to do with feeling abandoned by romantic partners and having difficulty with children and not feeling that you have a sense of creativity and uh, it's difficult to have fun. <laughs> that was my Chiron wound. Imagine that, right? <laughs> so I am very different now. Now, so when I was hit with my Chiron return, I, 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 the, the stuff that was going on in my life, I was not into astrology. I had no idea. There were things that I've, I am now talking about the Chiron attribute that I was living, I was living it. And 
somehow I, I navigated my way through it, not knowing, not knowing what it was. Um, so a lot of that, a lot of that has been healed. There's still, there are still triggers. There's still tr triggers that happen. So it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to go through your Chiron return to have a Chiron what did you, you call it? I call it an activation. What did you call it? You called it something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it was just the whole thing. Pretty, you have a pretty word for it. Uh, I call it an activation. But last year I had um, the planet of Neptune, right? It's still on my Chiron, by the way, but it was getting closer. So I'm living right now with Neptune on my Chiron, which can create confusion and illusion. So when it started to approach, all of a sudden I'm thinking, why am I feeling abandoned? Why am I feeling like I can't trust men? Why am I, all these things. And I'm like, where is this coming from? And then I, I looked at my chart and I'm like, shame on you, Barbara. You didn't know this was, this was coming up. Right. So, so then, you, you know, you go through the process of you're okay and you'll never be abandoned. And you know, you're, you're whole in yourself. You go through all, all of that. So, so it's, it's important to know your birth, your birth placement of, I, I just like shared with your listeners, like my life story here, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, so it's really important to know so that it's, it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's not that, you know, these things like, why did, if you want to use the men abandonment issue, because a lot of, you know, that's, you don't have to have a Chiron wound to feel that, right? It's just more intensified if you have that Chiron wound, not feeling that you weren't worthy enough to be in a romantic relationship, like feeling that they're going to just walk out the door any minute, like, like feeling like that, that you can't, if you're going to open yourself up to somebody new, having the fear of them leaving you, right? right. Imagine living with that, right? Yeah. Imagine living with that more intensely than the, the average woman. Because right. Know, Absolutely. Right? Cause like, for me, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't, like that doesn't scare me, you know, like, yeah. I, so it's so true how there's these certain triggers and, and things that really are there to right. support you, you know, like for me with mine in Aries, because yours was in, in Pisces. So for Aries, like what are some of the main things? Yes. So Aries. So if you think of the, the qualities of Aries, it's about independence. It's about confidence. It's about self-assurance. It's about assertiveness, right? It's being self-assured, being um, uh, assert assertive, but there's always the shadow side of that because Aries is ruled by the planet Mars, which is also can be aggressive, right? It's, there's the, the extreme side of it. So there's that balance between being able to stand up for yourself, being able to share your voice, being able to speak your truth. Aries is I am. So you are, you are you, Wow. you are yeah. who you are. Right. And so, so it's the healing aspect of that could come around not having the confidence, not having that self-assuredness, but also having anger and having aggression that might have happened to you earlier in life. So it's maybe this anger or not saying you, but yeah, right. If somebody th that could be something that needs to be healed with an Aries, um, uh, an Aries, uh, you know, a Chiron, Chiron and Aries. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's, it's it, but it's really like discovering who you are, your identity, yeah. um, and thinking who you, 
who you were may be more difficult with that Aries. And for you, because it's associated with your career, it's so tied to your purpose, right? So you being able to heal that and then be a leader and be a voice to help other people do that. Well, I just think it's fascinating that once I understood Chiron and its its role in my own healing journey and now how much I talk about Chiron, how it really is the healer's journey, you know, like it really mm-hmm. is like speaking of Chiron, like that's the whole point of Chiron because he taught others about these healing through the wound, you know, healing the wounds and all that stuff. And the fact that we're even having this conversation, it's like, we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing when we're working through that, that transit and that energy. Exactly. Exactly. And so when I start for a lot of the people that I've been meeting with, when I go through their Chiron wounds, a lot of them are coaches, a lot of them are healers, right? So it's like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. So for some of them, it's become a natural path and And I always say, we're all at different stages of the journey. So when I describe the actual attributes of the wound, oh yeah, but that was, I'm okay now. Like I remember that was when I was a teenager in my twenties or whatever. And then now it's like, yeah, there's still a little bit of that going on, but it's, it's, it's so true to who they are. And, and, and it, it may have come from So if I had to give you the example of the abandonment, I have two examples of where men just walked out of my life. (laughs) I was 18 and, and, and I was dating a guy and he wrote me a letter and I never saw him again. And then one guy, he never, like we were dating and, and he just never answered my calls again. Right. So I actually experienced that. So, so it, Chiron in my chart, I don't, it's just kind of interesting how it could have happened in a past life too but it actually happened to me and it had more of an impact on me as I continued to move through my adult life and through relationships. And so I had to, I really had to face that. Yeah. Really had to face it. And cause it really happened to me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like exactly. So when you're in it, like I, I, you know, in the, I talked to another episode about with my Chiron, how it was, I felt like mine was the, fear of rejection. Like that is such a deep wound for me was just rejection and, um, not, not abandonment, but like, no, I don't want you. Like it was just being stemmed from, um, so many other aspects in my life. And then now with it being in my business, like how it was holding me back from offering more things, you know, because I was like, uh, if I put it out there, then that's just more opportunity for people to give me my biggest fear, you know, like and trigger my deepest wound, which is not wanting me, not, you know, or saying you're not good enough. Right. Mm -hmm. But that goes back, that goes back to your identity, like knowing who you are. Exactly. It goes back to your identity. Yeah. Yeah. The I am. Yeah. The I am. So the, yeah. So Chiron, yeah. Chiron has been, um, a very interesting, uh, aspect when I, when I meet with, with clients and, and depending on where it is in your chart and where it connects to other places, like for some people, I can see the correlation, like this is truly your purpose. Do you understand like healing this? There's one, one client of mine, it's in her 
house of money. It's like healing this and it's it's connected to her career house as well. Healing this is your purpose and will bring you money. Exactly. It's, it's like, like I, it was clear as day as I connected the dots. Yeah. So, it's like, can't you see how this is connected <laughs> and you have to do this to be. And so that's the thing. It's all freaking connected. I know. I know. And knowledge is power. Exactly. Exactly. So we have, um, as a collective, we have a big opportunity to heal our Chiron in Aries. So even though we might have our Chiron somewhere else, we also have an Aries quality depending on where Aries is in our chart. So Aries is my sixth house and that's the house of service and work and health. So there's a flavor of Aries that I'm healing on the collective level as it gets activated coming up here um, in the next, in the next couple of weeks. And then again, in April with a big eclipse. Yeah. So, so, um, so that's an opportunity for all of us. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter where your natal Chiron is. The collective we- energy, the Chiron Aries. is in Aries collectively. So does yes. that mean because I, my Chiron is in Aries that it's like a double whammy on me or how does that affect me with it being like that? Well, yeah, it, it is, it is for a couple of reasons. Um, it's very specific to your Chiron placement. Um, and the activation is going to happen very close to your natal placement. So you're going to actually feel it more intensely. So I know there are a lot of women that you've worked with and I've worked with, cause that's kind of what yeah. I remember doing this and, and I remember doing this episode last year and there were a whole bunch of people they that came out of the woodwork and they came out like, of the woodworks yeah. and we had this little group of like eight women and they all had Chiron and Aries remember yes. so they're they're part of this and and so if if they have this placement very close to the north node of the north node of fate and destiny which I love that right north node so it, we're destined to heal this it's this is the time it's going to be at a certain degree in the sky. And if your natal Chiron is near that, you'll have more of an impact. Okay. So, and yours is so. Yeah. So how a just really quick sidebar, how can people find out where their Chiron is placed? Yeah, I was, you know, it's interesting. Cause I was thinking about that as we were preparing for this, I, I have, I'm going to do a video. I have a video for something else, but I want to do a video specifically to point the Chiron, which we'll do. We'll, we'll talk about that separately, yeah. but you can go, you can go to like an astro.com uh, okay. site. It's free. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a, a K with a circle. It's actually, okay. it looks like a key and it's very symbolic of a key because it's like, you know, the key to purpose, like the right. key to healing. And, um, but it, you have to select it as an option. So if you give me like a day or two, I was going to do a demo and record it. And so, but you can go into an astro.com or your, your, your um, listeners are familiar with generating their birth chart report, select the Chiron option. And it looks like a K with K a circle, circle on the bottom. Okay. Yeah. That's what it looks like. And then you'll see it's in a certain Zodiac sign in a certain number, a house. So, okay. so mine's Pisces, the K is in the Pisces fifth house. But um, so that's one, one, opportunity. And then in April, on April 8th or 9th, let me see, I all my dates, I think it's April, April 8th, 
we're going to have a, a total solar eclipse in Aries. Okay. And at the same time, Mercury is going to be in retrograde okay. and it's also going to connect with, with Chiron. Okay. So it's going to, but the eclipse itself is going to be really, really, really powerful. The, um, the eclipse last year went from Northwest down to the South into like South America and this year in April, it's going from the Northeast down to the Southwest, and it's gonna create an X right in the state of Texas. So does that mean if you live in Texas that hold on to what you got? Well, it, it's, it's- Or is it just like this, the whole, this whole country? It's the whole, it's the whole thing. It's really, yeah, it's the whole, yeah it's, it is, um, but there, there's, there's something called mundane astrology, which I'm not, I don't practice it, but it talks about usually something geographic, when that X, it's usually something geographically okay. that might sort of trickle out, but eclipses are like moon cycles on steroids. So eclipses bring about very profound change over the course of several months. So it's Okay. And so what exactly happens during an eclipse? So for this eclipse, it's a, it's a new moon solar eclipse and it's a, it's a complete, like it's a darkening. So there's places in the country where it, it'll, it'll, it'll go dark. Okay. That's like from a, from an astronomy standpoint. Okay. So like with a retrograde, it goes backwards and with an eclipse, it stands still. Well, with an eclipse, what happens is the sun, the, the, the moon covers the light of the sun, the total solar eclipse. Okay. So when a new moon, when a new moon happens, the sun and the moon are together. Okay. When an okay. eclipse happens, it's the moon covering the sun. That's a okay. total eclipse. Okay. Sometimes there's a, a partial eclipse where it looks like a ring of fire. Okay. In a, in a, so is that usually like just a couple of day of an impact? You know, I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be because the moon moves fast. It's yeah. like within, within hours we'll start. Oh, to see okay. Daylight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but astrologically, uh, um, I'll give you the, I'll tell you the attributes of a, um, of a solar eclipse because it's, it's, it's good to know, especially for those of you with a lot of Aries in your chart <laughs> or you have, um, you know, like your like you're the tenth house of career, so there could be changes that involve your career. Not, and I'm not saying in a in a in a negative, negative way. way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you'll see shifts, and and I'm just trying to get the dates. Okay, hold on a second. I have this. Um, so a solar eclipse is like a it's like a consider it like a six month period where you'll see new beginnings happen. So starting in April, over six months there will be new, be like new beginnings. Um, it's a turning point. It's usually something, it's a turning point in an area of your life. It's a big change, like a radical change, a bold new vision, um, a new chapter or a change right. in direction. So um, that's a solar eclipse. A lunar eclipse is typically the, um, the uh, more in internalized and more of the shifting and the pattern breaking but because this is a solar, you should actually see it 
physically manifest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got you. So that's, so that's in April, April 8th, there is a, a lunar eclipse in Libra a week before. So when the lunar eclipse happens on the 25th of March to the April 8th Aries eclipse, that's like the eclipse portal. Okay. And that's usually a time where you allow what's supposed to happen, happen. Yeah. It's kind of this, okay. it's, and, and so when I was going through uh, the Scorpio Taurus eclipses last year, which were significant for me, I allowed what was going to be the endings to happen, new beginnings to, to trickle in. I didn't force anything. I just actually went to Florida for two weeks and just, and I came back and, and so things were just moving along. So that's what I also recommend to people is in between that, that Libra eclipse on the 25th and that Aries eclipse and the themes of Aries and Libra are really about relationships. And it's about where you can be independent yet still collaborative. So you're not completely succumbing to compromise and um, people pleasing, <laughs> but you're also being able to be that Aries independent and sense of self, yet still have the compassion and the collaboration with others. So that's really the theme of the Libra and Aries eclipses over the next year. Yeah, about the next year. Yeah, I feel like we need to put that in our calendar. March 25th yes. through April 8th mm -hmm. is going to be a little transitional time frame yes. relationship-wise. Mm -hmm. Okay, Definitely. and then on the 8th, starting April 8th, when it comes out of the eclipse area, will be like a new beginning in Aries, like a yes. new, a new, well, which is perfect, right? Because it's spring and it's, it's exactly. just in time for, you know, like exactly. some, some new energy. And it's, it's also advised, like, don't make any major decisions, really just let the energy flow process what needs to process, allow endings to happen where they need to end, whether it's internally or externally. Um, don't force anything, don't resist anything. And, you know, for, for some people, so when I experienced the eclipses very significantly for me, they were major life changes. My, the first, the first eclipse set off my divorce, to be mm -hmm. honest. I mean, we were yeah. already in process, yeah. but a month later we went to file the papers. Right. So yeah. there were, so though, and it's in my seventh house of relationships. So it was very, very specific. Right. So it depends on where it is in your chart, what area of life it may impact, whether it's going to impact it significantly or not really does depend on your individual. But as yeah. a rule of thumb, you know, allow what is supposed to be be, don't make decisions. And that's just sort of. And then when the Aries eclipse happens in April, on April 8th, again, we have another Chiron connection. So it's another opportunity for us to heal that Chiron wound. Yeah. And on that note, you have been so dialed in and tuned in to what is happening with Chiron and Aries and understanding that it is not just affecting those with Chiron and Aries. This, this is a collective energy. And so mm -hmm. you 
alerted me to this information. And because I am so passionate about Chiron, um, we are hosting a masterclass together. And I'm super excited about this because we're really going to be diving deep into Chiron in general. And then we're really going to be working with the energies of this very specific time frame over February, March, and April. Mm -hmm. So we have our, our first masterclass, um, February 19th in the evening at seven, eight o'clock, eight o'clock. And, and so we're, you're just going to be teaching us, schooling us. And then I'm going to be providing some healing energy, you know, after, because that it's a, it's the wounded healer, right? Mm -hmm, So it's mm -hmm. so important that we pull in these healing aspects of what Chiron is really offering us. And Mm -hmm. so once you have activated so much of our inner Chiron is kind of the way I'm feeling it, then we're going to be able to energetically come together and, and, and begin to heal not only for ourselves, but begin the collective healing, which is exactly what Chiron is asking of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that is going to be in February. And then we will have, and that's like, price pointed, like so affordable. I think it was $47. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So j- come for that just to get, you know, in our energy and to receive that. And then in March and April, we will be hosting, this will be a little more of a, of a, we don't, I don't even think we have our price point set yet, yeah. but it'll be where you purchase those two classes together, those two mm-hmm. master classes together, where we'll be diving deeper into the collective understanding of Chiron and Aries, like really working with the collective energy, right? It also for people, they'll know where their Chiron is. So for the second, yes, that's for the right. second, for the one in March, um, they'll be able, if they don't know it, they'll be given instructions as to how to locate their Chiron. And then I will teach them what that Chiron, their individual Chiron placement means. Yes. That's so, so that they beautiful. can now work. Now they can now work with their own personal Chiron. Yeah. And then we're going to go back to the collective healing right around the eclipse time. And so, in April. Yes. In April. Oh, it's yeah. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. just feels so needed and supportive right now, especially for our 40 to 50 ish something women, you know, like, cause you exactly. need to understand this information. I'm mm-hmm. telling you from personal experience, how important this information is to have and to hold and to understand within your own astrological energetic being. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I'm really thrilled to be partnering with you on this. I have so much respect for your work. I've experienced your healing magic. I I remember the last time I was in a room with you and the things that came to the surface for me was so profound. So I know that now that we can hone in on some specifics for people rather than just, you know, them trying to unearth it themselves now they'll yeah. have some context yeah. around like we can pinpoint it a little yes. bit better you know like mm-hmm. in the healing you know it's very wide, broad and wide spectrum but i do believe that there is a certain time and place where we can we can call in that specific level of healing and just the way that i i channel healing frequencies now like 
I, I just know it's going to be very powerful and very, uh, feels like very targeted, you know, like I kind of see like a, a, a target and an arrow where we're really going to just like pull that back and look at it and then be able to let that arrow go straight to the heart where that wound is and really work through some of this very specifically and with that intention. And, and I also want to say that, and this ties even back to the Aquarius um, energy, which is, you know, all about the collective and helping humanity. So if we do our part and only we can do our part, that's also about Aries. Like I am the individual. If we do our part, each of us does our part. Think about the ripple effects so if we're, you know, a group of 20, 30, 50 women, right, wow. on this, doing this healing, think about all of the people that each of us individually touches. So that's the vision. That was like the vision that I had when right. you and I were, were talking. Yeah, about I, I love it. I, I love it because it exactly, there's strength in numbers and we are being called to gather in community and heal on a bigger, deeper level, not only for ourselves, but for the collective. Like we, I cannot stress it enough how our own personal responsibility is to heal ourselves and therefore healing the collective, like healing this world like that. And it takes the Mm -hmm. women. I mean, it takes it is our personal responsibility to do this. And you have an invitation, right? Like this energy mm-hmm. is here to say, hello, this mm-hmm. is for you. Are you going to take advantage of it? So I'm exactly. Yeah. And let's make, let's make Chiron proud. I mean, yes, the, the, I the half, that. the half man, the half man, half no. animal had three, three wounds and he still was healing people. He still yes. had, had kept his purpose. So yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I really, really love that. Thank you. Well, I'll make sure that I have the link for the February 19th class Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. we, we will be gathering that evening and just beginning the conversation, you know, and then we will continue on, you know, March and April doing the deeper work. So exactly. exactly. I'm fired up about it. And I'm Me so too. grateful Me too. to you and your time and your wisdom and thank you. Your You're astrological too. knowledge, because <laughs> dear God, it's expansive. It, oh it overwhelms me like how you can comprehend and take all this in. But I'm grateful to you for for teaching us in such a uh, gentle way that we can that we can take this in. I enjoy it. You could tell I enjoy it. It's like, I, I, I dream of planets. Like you do. I mean, you're, you're so sweet. I, I know for me personally, and I've talked to so many other people, how you will just message people and be like, I, I know your chart and I know this is here. So you, you know, watch out, be on the lookout or oh, I know, be aware I know. of this. So it's, I know you're, every you, day, every day I get these messages. It's like, Oh my gosh, Barbara, like this is what's going on. And it's, yeah, it's, I love getting the feedback. I love yeah when I can alert people, like, just look out for this stuff because it, yeah. blessings are coming and they see it. And it's just lovely. You're, you're a beautiful little tool to have in our side pockets, you know, like, I just feel like you are just like right there close to home, keeping us safe. Thank you. Like, thank, thank, you. You. <laughs> thank you. Okay. So I'm excited and we'll, yeah. um, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch together and I'm looking forward to helping more people. Yes. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you again for your time and thank you to everyone for listening. And we hope to see you on the 19th. Talk to you soon. Bye. I am so grateful you played in the cosmos with me today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a review so other open-minded souls can come along this quantum healing journey too. I am most active over on Instagram, so come find me at Vampiro and say hello. Talk to you soon.